0: It was finally something where I could optimize the trust because I'd always sold an impulse buy. I'd always sold a tangible good. Here, you weren't selling anything. You were actually meeting someone and meeting their needs and you were responsible for something. And I thought that was so much bigger than sales and I thought that was so much better for my mind, body, and soul. And I know it sounds so corny, but it, it, it meant more because I used to sell speakers to people that had speakers. (laughs) And you have to feel a little salesy about that, even if they were better. And I can tell you that the people that I used to sell speakers to are still my clients because I never did it without integrity and without warranting and guaranteeing anything that I did. And that's something I hold a lot of pride in. My customers from my first business are still my clients now.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Shulseth. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Dickie Baxter out of New York. Dickie, welcome to the show, dude.
0: What's up, Ray Ray? How are you, brother?
1: Hey, I'm good, man. So, why real estate? Real estate wasn't really
0: the path. It wasn't, it happened by accident. Real estate for me was really, I own, I, I'm a businessman. So I had a bunch of businesses that did very well since I was 19 years old. I'm 42 now, I'm going to be 43 next week. And it wasn't real estate. I was an investor. I was on the other side of the desk for a long time, but it was never, it was never going to be real estate. And it kept coming back, coming back. A friend of mine who was my, my realtor at the time said, I just went through a divorce and He's like, bro, let's do this. You know, come, come, come work for me. And I said, I'll get my license, you know, and I'll make an extra seven, eight grand a year to take my kids on vacation or, the, you know, that's all I gave him. It was a couple extra bucks. I, I do my own transactions, Maybe you know? And three months later, I, I, I was a machine. There was no, and then it was like, how can I not do real estate? And so it just took over. It took over everything. I, had to, I sold out to my partners and uh, got out of every business I was in to just do real estate.
1: So what's the background? What are some of the other businesses that you were in? <laughs> My
0: first business, I used to build custom cars during the Fast and Furious days. Yes, uh, I'm right there with you, dude. I used to build cars for SEMA. I used to build cars for celebrities. I used to build cars uh, for the International Auto Show. My what own was the name of that cars.
1: company, Dicky. Uh,
0: so it was called People Hooking Up Cars, but the acronym was PHUC, which I thought was really funny at the time because I was 19. Nice. So you can sound it out if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, it was it was phenomenal. We had a lot of fun. We we're on the cover of a lot of magazines. My partner Levi and I, we 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 did everything. We did everything you could do in that business and more. If you ever bought one of those underbody neon kits uh, for the Fast and Furious, that was my car on the box. Um, so that was kind of cool. And we would just, I had, I got to tour the country, meet a lot of people. My good friend and my mentor, Nub, who was a famous artist. He does all the painting for all. Uh, celebrities and he does it for a lot of chopper companies and motorcycle companies. He's the guy that got me into the business. Nice.
1: Yeah. I, I,
0: I had, I had a, a custom cars, I had an inflatable bouncer business. Uh, I, I've had, I've done screen printing, I've done uh, signage, you name it, we've done it, uh, just to, just to get in there and, and keep our, the trust of our clients, make money feed my family and then move on.
1: I love it. So was it pretty natural for you to transition over to real estate? Like, you know, you said you got your license three months later, you're a machine. What was it that you brought from that experience that let you turn into a machine overnight?
0: You no, know what I loved was it was finally something where I could optimize the trust. Because I'd always sold an impulse buy. I'd always sold a tangible good. Here, you weren't selling anything. You were actually meeting someone and meeting their needs and you were responsible for something. And I thought that was so much bigger than sales. And I thought that was so much better for my mind, body, and soul. I know it sounds so corny, but it it, it meant more. Because I used to sell speakers to people that had speakers. (laughs) And you have to feel a little salesy about that, even if they were better. And I can tell you that the people that I used to sell speakers to are still my clients because I never did it without integrity and without warrantying and guaranteeing anything that I did. And that's something I hold a lot of pride in. My customers from my first business are still my clients now and my vendors in a lot of ways. You know, I started lettering their trucks when I had a sign business and doing their shirts when I had screen printing. I never stopped working with them. That just kept growing. So to be successful in real estate, you have to have that spirit. And a lot of uh, naysayers, when I came into the business, they were like, well, he just has a lot of friends. He's popular. So he'll do good off the gate. But it'll die down. Problem is, I do have a lot of friends because I am very relatable. I consider myself a little smart and it's very easy for me to meet the needs of my clients. So as long as you put them first, you're always going to be successful.
1: I'm assuming since you were able to scale so quick that you implemented systems and processes really quick. And with a couple of the businesses you mentioned, they're highly reliant on the right systems and processes in order to make money because they're commodities. Yes, for you, how did you do that? And what are some of the early things you adopted in your business in order to grow and scale and put things in place so that your business wouldn't fall apart?
0: I, I, it, was, it was baptism by fire. I would love to say that I had a ton of great ideas and that they all worked out. No, I just, I really just kept making sure I was answering that phone. And it was, it was 2013 when I came in. So there was tons of foreclosures. We, we, were, we were flipping houses. We were buying lots of multis. We were uh, getting cap rates of 15% plus. And then on top of it, people were able to utilize USDA loans and and then still rolling closing costs. So it was cheaper to rent than, or cheaper to buy than it was to rent. And it was just such a great time to help people. So I will tell you that I was jumping out of the plane and then trying to figure out where my parachute was.
1: And it- Built the I, parachute I, on the way down, right?
0: I just started implementing logistics, I'll be very honest with you. I, I, I have a partner now that we run a number one team in this area, License to Sell, and without him and his guidance, I don't think you'd be able to wrap all this up. He jumps on the grenade a lot
1: for me, because I'm just like, let's do this,
0: let's let's go. Let's, and, and he rings that in.
1: Okay, so hold on, I have to ask you a question. Is License to Sell a play on License to Ill? Because you're of that era, dude. <laughs>
0: It, 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 was. it was a little bit, a little bit of Beastie Boys, a little bit, a little bit of 007. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. It was, a, it was an accident. It really was. We we were joking in a car. And we went live, and then it just it it made a. It was a beast. It just took on itself, and everybody liked it. And it just hasn't stopped. And it hasn't stopped evolving. But people seem to like it, and I think you're gonna start recognizing that name in other market centers now. We are, you know, talking to Keller Williams. About uh about utilizing license to sell and other other market centers, so uh, that that you're going to see us expand with that, and that's been kind of cool too.
1: So it appears that branding is pretty easy for you, and a lot of people struggle with that. Is yeah. that tr- is that a true statement?
0: Yes, and and thank you for asking that question. Fun fact: I'm the NY tattooed realtor. That's my hashtag, and. When people meet me, they're like, oh, that makes sense because you're already <laughs> tattoos. There's a ton of tattooed realtors. I'm not the only one. There's, there's one in Keller Williams. I think that he's the actual tattooed realtor. And uh, great image, great branding. I, I I follow him on social media. Uh, it was not a, a copycat situation. I did find him after I was already doing my thing. And uh, there's, there's one in Florida. There's a couple, them, but uh, mine happened the first day I was in real estate. My previous broker said to me, Dickie, you're going to do great in real estate, but, uh, you know, you probably don't want to wear some long-sleeve shirts. And I said to him, I said, look, if I'm not your number one agent, there was a hundred agents or so If I'm not your number one agent in a year. I'll wear the same sweater for one year in a row. <laughs> I, I didn't have to wear that sweater, but he didn't discourage people to have tattoos anymore. And it wasn't, he wasn't trying to poo poo tattoos or, or say, you know, don't have, he was trying to help me. He just didn't, he was, he came from a different generation of doing it. Sure. And, and so it was so funny. Uh, to, to now be who I am in this industry. And and I'm not just number one. I wasn't just number one in their brokerage. I'm not just number one in my brokerage. We were, I'm number one in my market. And so, I, but I do do it differently. I don't wear the blue blazer with gold buttons on it. I, I, I understand the importance of career apparel. And I do, I utilize that big time in branding. Branding is so important, but you have to own your brand, not someone else's. And so I encourage the agents on my team to have their hashtags, Meet themselves don't let some don't just don't just come up with one because you think you need one really choose your brand and evolve with it and then and then take the brands that you're working for and make sure that your clients know what they are because if you're not marketing for yourself, no one's going to pay you to market for them and that's what we're paid to do as listing agents we're paid to market for somebody not to sell anything
1: I love the authenticity because you hit a nail on the head. Like there's so much stigma attached to perception or stereotyping, and I think in today's world that authenticity is what makes the sale and what enables the transaction.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree. I, I just
0: we're it's it's such a knowledgeable world because everyone has a smartphone and everyone has a Google. you the world is transparent now, and we're all global creatures. So you're not hiding an answer from somebody. And so stop treating everybody in front of you like they couldn't figure it out and start helping them figure it out. Be a tool for them. Be a tool for the people that are asking you as the licensed expert to guide them through something and to help them. instead of trying to just be the smartest person in the room, my son's 15. And all the time I tell him, bro, do not ever be the smartest person in the room. And then I said, if you wanna be, then what should you do? And if you ask my son that's Cooper right now, he will say, listen, smartest person in the room is the one listening. And, I, and, and everybody will tell you the, the, the thing about, oh, we'll find another room or find your five. We've all read the books. We're all rich dad, poor dads, whatever. But like, it, it is, it's so intricate to the people play a lot of, not only their, their uh, clients, but they play their could be mentors as dummies and they can learn so much and be so much better.
1: Dude, that's awesome. Let's transition from marketing and branding into how your team is structured. Can you talk to me about that? It's funny, we just had a meeting
0: about how our team is structured and I do a lot of live feeds about why I think teams don't work and why I think teams are a bad idea. I think that teams are a scam a lot of times and I think they're a pyramid and I think they build egos instead of building better agents. And it's, if you're subscribing to a team, I just did a live feed yesterday, actually, about this. If you're subscribing to a team, when you go to meet with that team leader, when they give you their, their pitch, ask them first what you're bringing to the team. Not how many leads they're going to buy from you, from whoever, whether it be Zillow or homes.com or whatever. Don't ask them how many closings they're going to guarantee you. Don't ask what your split's going to be. If you don't know that already, walking into that meeting, stop wasting your time. And I tell all my agents, always take the meeting, no matter who it is, no matter what. The, I don't care if they're asking me to sell coffee, go take the meeting. But when it comes to team structures, it can't be just to build somebody's ego. And the telltale sign for me, and this is going to piss a lot of people off, if it's named after somebody, you are not building your brand. If it's named the John Doe team, consider yourself a second-class citizen in that team because it'll never be your team. And I hope the agents that I work with, not above, but the agents on our team that I work with, I hope they outgrow whatever it is they're trying to outgrow. I hope their success keeps going because I'm part of that. So our team structure is very different. I look left, I look right, and there's my team. But I'm, I, though I'm the rainmaker, and I may be the one that brings a lot of the lead generation, a lot of the organic lead generation, because we don't believe in buying leads. I do know that I, I, I'm not the be-all-end-all. Vinny, my partner, he builds the logistics for our team. Um, there, We have different split structures. We have different uh, cap-out structures for our team, depending on where they land. And we reevaluate that as we do goal orientation. But no one is the top. No one just just keeps taking from it. And anything that is cumulative from the team is is expense back out to the team. We have no prerequisite to how much you sell or what you do, but we do have a prerequisite for amount of hours that you spend helping the community. That's first and foremost, because we owe that back to our community. And that's a, that's a rule that I do not, no one's exempt from that. If you're a top producer, I'm not interested unless you want to do community work. You're getting a check from building your community, give a little bit back and if it's in time, that's fine. does not have to be money, but go build and be a part of the community that's building you up. And I promise the collateral damages, you'll be busy.
1: Dude, I love that because it's so much more of a team on the field structure versus a corporate hierarchy, right? Yeah, like like you said, it's not a pyramid. It's, hey, we're all on the field, kicking past the ball and everyone's gonna have a different contribution.
0: Yeah, and what's cool too is we split a lot of our deals. It's to build time and trust. It's not because I want half of someone's check but I, I do very good marketing and I, I handle more commercial than some of the other agents on my team. So if they got a lead that was a commercial lead, it's a good chance they would say, hey, Dickie, can we split this deal? Absolutely. If they come in and say, hey, can you look over this uh, analysis that I did for this commercial deal? There's no need to split that. Go do your thing. If you have another question, call me. But if we're going to be on a one-year road, to well, I just closed the City Winery deal where we just moved City Winery's main, the headquarters here in Montgomery. Yeah, that's that's a four year deal that you're going to need me on. And I can't give you my time for free. My time's worth something, too. That's above and beyond what a team leader is going to do. And we understand those expectations. The cool part about our team is, though, if somebody says grenade, we all jump on. It. We all <laughs> like what what can we do? Oh, man, I have a listing that's getting no attention. Cool, man. I'm going to go there and do a video ad. And then Laura's going to go there this weekend and do a a virtual open house. And then Vinny's going to be there on Sunday and do an in-person open house. Uh, I'm going to go start doing door knocking for for this one. Like We're on it. And there's no check that's the goal. It's keeping the client's trust with license to sell. I
1: love that, That's the
0: key, key goal. We all work for the brand so that... Frenchie for Realtor still number one. The Finisler still number one. The NY Relentless Realtors still number one. The NY Te- you know, the list goes on. We have we have a decent amount of members on our team, and they all have their own brands. And I just, I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud to be a part of that.
1: I love that, dude. Where did that come from for you? Like, what, what's why, why are you that way? I guess is my question. Like, what made you that way? Because that is not a mentality the majority of people have.
0: I I gauged real estate. Thank you for saying that. It's very nice. Um, in business, I I had somebody early on in business tell me, Dickie, be careful. You're doing a partnership. And a partnership is sinking shit. And I just never believed that. And we we talked earlier about it. And I just, as long as you don't bring a scale to something, as long as you don't bring a tape measure, and you realize your responsibility is to just meet everybody's expectations, including your own, It doesn't have to be a sinking ship. That partnership in real estate is all over the place. Unless you're just a single brokerage with one person working there, you're a partner to everybody in every transaction. One day, you're a partner to the home inspector. Next day, you're a partner to the appraiser. Next day, you're a partner to the attorney. There's so many partnerships in this business. Why would you want to be the lone wolf? Why would you want to be the person that you think can solve all the problems instead of having all these experts around you? to guide you through that and to be better, to commit to the people that you've promised on their biggest investment, their biggest financial decision, whatever it may be. And then to a brokerage, to a broker who's invested everything they have or to a brand that you have a hundred agents that are doing just the same thing. I embrace my colleagues. I have no competition in this business. They're all my colleagues. There's a lot of agents out there that don't like me. They don't like that I tell people real estate is where 95% of people that have failed at everything else come to try and figure it out. And that's true uh <laughs> but i i i do believe in the people that really treat this as a business and so i think real estate's kind of taught me that more than anything being here and it's it's made me embrace it because i have no other way to be i have to trust the people around me and and i'm, I'm so grateful for it
1: i love that and that resonates because i always say that real estate is a people and partner business that's it that's that's what you got man that's who you're serving you're serving people and partners on all aspects of the transaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm I'm part of... I've just recently switched to Keller Williams last six months. And it was so crazy to be something... Part of something that's so agent-centric. And I'm not giving everybody a plug here. There's a lot of great companies out there. I'm just telling you the company that I'm working with now, uh, Keller Williams First in New York, had that same family mentality. I walked into a brokerage that... like yeah i'm I'm the top dog of like our area, according to certain stats, but this wasn't my sandbox. There were already top producers in this company so for me to come in there and just say now I'm the number one agent that would be crazy i had to be i had to be colleagues with these people and now i i I've, I've found somebody that embraced that same thing. we are partners. My broker calls me a partner on a lot of the things that we're doing, and it's his company
1: like I think that's a really special mentality, Dicky like your team's yeah. Lucky to have you. It's, it's definitely reciprocated.
0: Uh, if you saw the amount of dedication, I'll give you an example. My, one of my agents, uh, Gary McEntee, it does a lot for like, uh, right now he's growing his hair out for St. Baldrick's. It's a, it's a, it's a childhood uh, cancer fundraiser that I emcee every year. This guy has this huge, he looks like Richard Simmons. He's got a huge afro <laughs> now. It's totally out of control. It's so hard to go do listing presentations. This guy looks like a microphone and walks in the room. Like, it's crazy. But uh, but he's such committed. a good
1: story, though, right?
0: But la- last month, Laura, the finisler, did a lemonade stand with her kids to raise money for breast cancer. And these guys instantly were like, how do we get licensed? to sell do it. And we all worked together. There was a trust with it that once Laura said, I'm doing a lemonade fundraiser. All of us were there. Our families were there. Everybody did it. Now, this Saturday, we're doing a hot cocoa stand for St. Baldricks. We're all going to be there. Fun fact, I did a challenge at the lemonade stand. I said if it raised $1,000 in the first two hours, I would let them dump lemonade, a whole thing of lemonade on my head. So at the hot cocoa stand, live on social media, they're going to take this big thing of lemonade and I'll dump it on my head. It's oh, man, but it, it was for a couple reasons. A, we wanted to raise a lot of money help breast cancer research last month b we want to get more people to come to our how coco stand for childhood cancer but c it was to show them that like there is no we're all cobs in this machine and the lemonade goes on my head you know they get to pour it because they're there it's it's just to build that morale and it, it makes it more of a family element and they had a lot of fun with it there was a lot of lenders and i think other agents that just donated money
1: instantly when they found out about it because they can't wait to see me drenched in lemonade.
0: <laughs> it's their, uh, their silent payback, right? It's cold here, man. It's like 35 <laughs> degrees out. It's, it's going to be yeah. something.
1: Yeah, that's hilarious. I love it. Where do you spend your time? Like, Where do you focus your time? Are you always selling or do you have your time kind of broken up between selling and operations and marketing? How do you spend your time?
0: it's, it's a mixture of all that. Yeah. I, 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 so I do, I'm in charge of the marketing for our team. A lot of times. And for myself, I have a couple of ventures that I have going on. I have a, a coaching consulting business that I'm, I'm, I just started this year. That's doing very well. because It's a brokerage. So I broker across the country. Uh, I'm a paid panelist for podcasts as well for, 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 um, private podcasts, like the, the private panels virtually. And then, uh, and then also I have a book coming out. So there's been a lot of time with that. As far as the time in the field, I do mostly listing. And then I do the buyer the buyer onboarding meetings. And I oversee everything with our CRM system to make sure that the buyers are still in place, what listings are doing. I organize, we do a, a virtual open house show every weekend called Saturday Morning Cartoons. I have to organize that and what houses are in deals and what houses are going on that. So there, my daily role has really changed, especially coming over to Keller, because there are so many systems to implement that help that organization and have really helped our team grow.
1: Tell me about the book.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, it's called Born to Sell. And I'm pumped about this. I'm super pumped about Born to Sell. I, you ever seen 8 Mile with Eminem? Yeah, of movie. course. It's kind of my eight mile for sales instead of ramp. I so it. it just talks about how from, from day one till now, sales has always come back to me. Business has always come back to me. And then how the people around me got me to, to, to be Papa Doc, you know? And then, and then in the end, uh, we talk about our, our five pillars of, of what, what's going to lead to the next book and what I talk about in our seminars and what I do for coaching super pumped the gentleman that came to me about writing and my wife was like don't tell people you have a ghostwriter and I was like I'm not gonna lie to anyone I never wrote that. <laughs> I absolutely have like a third grade education and could never write a good book and so this gentleman came to me who's a friend and a client and, and, and a colleague and an investor and he was like you gotta have a book man I love your story and and I want to write your book so I said cool because I don't want to write it and I want to have a book and so born to sell. It's it's really we're just finishing it up and reading it for the eighty-fifth time, and it should be hitting in. I guess February or March is what they're what they're projecting. I'm pumped, man. I'm super duper pumped about it. I never thought I'd have a book. I, I didn't come from much, so I never thought I'd have a book.
1: I mean, congratulations, and you know, dude, Gary Vaynerchuk has a ghostwriter. Like it's not a big deal. It's just part of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. It's just. My wife's a writer she went to school like she went to college for that and she's not my writer so maybe she's a little you know heard about that but she just i like you said gary v some of the greats that their mind doesn't work that way yeah. and i'm not saying i'm in even uh hitting the the the, the ground of, of the level they're at you know or, or flea compared to what they're going on but like my mind just doesn't work that way and the things that i wanted to share in the book i could never put on paper but I know that I've shared them with people through my life and I've watched them become successful. So I'd love to hear stories or see testimonials of people that read that book or people that I gave that book at something and watch their success grow or watch their brand grow. I'd love to be a part of that and maybe be a flea on that.
1: That goes back to authenticity, right? Like being able to own that, dive into it, share that and leverage it for both your personal life and professional life, which like we talked about earlier, my opinion, it's one bucket. Like we just have this bucket of life, you know, and we're trying to make it all happen together and be as smooth as possible.
0: I agree. I agree oh, wholeheartedly. Yeah. What, uh, what, what makes you tick? What gets you going, uh, as, as far I mean, I know we talked a little bit about family and is it business? Is it family? Is it everything?
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't know your your details of your background. You know, I had a fucked up childhood for lack of a better better term, but I don't look at it that way. I say it that way, but I don't look at it that way because it, for whatever reason, and I don't know if this is the universe, God, DNA, my childhood, whatever, I am driven, I'm ambitious, I'm pretty fearless. I'm definitely the guy who jumps off the uh, cliff and builds the plane on the way down, And I want to be better every day and not just for me, you know, I want to fulfill my potential, but I want to be better for my kids. i want to be better for my wife. I want to be better for the people around me that I care about and love. I want to be better for the people I serve, you know, and that's one of the things I love about this podcast is I feel like I get better every day. You know, I feel like I've been lucky that I just literally turned this thing on a couple months ago and I got an insane reply back from people on my first social post comment saying, you know, I just posted, "Hey, I'm doing a real estate podcast, anybody interested in being a guest?" and like I got 147 comments in 24 hours, you know.
0: No, I, I was one. Of them. I, I I saw it, I saw it come through. I was on one of the podcasts uh, you know, friend's place or wherever. and yeah, I remember it. And then I started Clicking on you know as you report like I've followed you and I started and I, it, it was great content plus uh, I think sometimes like you said like it's it's easy for people to have to cop out and just say well I had a bad childhood or I had a bad upbringing or I have a I have a horrible story your story's not over exactly. that's just the beginning and that exactly. was the fuel yeah. that was the fuel you you get other logs to throw on that fire and so it, it's I mean we don't know each other but just seeing what you've done just even in this. Leg of your life and what you're doing, and what we talked about earlier about your family and everything. That's it's just really cool to see what you've evolved into and what you're doing, you know, what you're building. That's fantastic. That's the people around you are very fortunate.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, man. And the same goes to you, too. You know, hats off to you. I admire what you've built, what you're building, and the attitude, man. Like, you know, every day we wake up, right? And I wake up and I put my hand over my heart and I'm like, yes, I'm alive, I'm breathing let's go. I get to begin again today. Right. And I can figure out how I get better, you know, and I do that by doing work on myself first. And, you know, like, look, dude, you got four kids. I got five kids and multiple dogs in my house. Like there's a lot of shit happening at five o'clock in the morning at my house when I wake up with kids and pets and all that stuff. And that's why I get up at 4am, you know, I'm in bed by 10 up at four. If I get six hours, I'm solid. I feel good. I can keep up with everything that I want to do and work out and take care of myself and eat well. And I'm just grateful that I woke up and I have the ability to begin again. And that's how I look at it.
0: When my, my wife and I just uh, got back from the Bahamas, we went away, we'd never get a trip, her and I. We, we took one, it was a couple of days. It wasn't much, but for us, it was everything. And I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity. I'm grateful for my team, they were able to cover me. And as we are there, she's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to ask nothing? I need to recharge and I need it with you. She's my partner. You know, she's who she's who's helped me reach my full potential. I've been doing this business stuff forever and I've never hit like I hit now being with my wife. Trish. And it was so funny because she says, well, what do you mean? I said, babe, when the plane is going down, what's the first thing you're supposed to do? And she's like, I don't know. Call 911, whatever. And I said, no, babe. The masks come out. You have to put the mask on yourself first before you can help anybody else. That does not make you selfish. That does not make you greedy, but you can't help anybody else till you've put that mask on yourself. And so, you know, we were making some life decisions on what we were going to be doing next, what our next chapters were going to be. And I was talking about some of the moves that I'm making right now. And now it's a chess game. And she was like, So, I said, So, this trip, I'm refueling right now, I'm putting that mask on myself. So that I can help the other people around me, I can help our team do better. I can help our, our family do better. I can help myself build other businesses that I have. The you know I can help the people I'm coaching. I can help with the book. I can. You have to put that mask on yourself, and sometimes that's every day. Sometimes it's when you wake up in the morning just so you can wipe a couple of asses and get them off to school.
1: You know, hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's it's and it's it's such
0: an easy analogy, but we feel guilty about even like. Closing the door and brushing our teeth without helping our wives. Sometimes you know it's like, oh man, do I five minutes alone? Am I am I am I bad for that? You know, <laughs> I think if I ever came home from work and took a nap from three to four, and my wife found out, that would be it, And You know, but like sometimes there's days where you just if I had a migraine or something, I have to do that. I have to check in. I have to take care. You have to take care of yourself. And, so, and it doesn't make you not a team player. It's just sometimes your team is, wouldn't wouldn't have you if you didn't take care of yourself.
1: Well, and it's hard to do too, if you were not taught that growing up as, as the norm, right? Like you have to build it in as a habit and accept that it's okay to do that.
0: I mean, how many things were taboo for were you're, you said you're what? Forties, something. Like 47, 47. Yeah. No, I, mean, I don't know how I was supposed to say. <laughs> like, like five oh,
1: years, up, like five years apart, man. We're not I mean, far apart. I'm going to
0: be 43 on the uh, 16th. So, so, uh, I, I would say, though, like, like our generation, there were so many things that were taboo for us. You know, we weren't supposed to talk about money. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, it was, don't talk about it, finances. Like, but how am I supposed to fix anything? You know, like nobody teaches that stuff. And, and, and just if there was family problems, you're not supposed to talk to anybody. Now, like everyone has a therapist for their therapist. Such a different different world. And like men weren't men if they, if they had a problem, you know, if they couldn't. Have, it's just such a great, it's a great world. In a lot of those ways that we're able to share those things or be better, because I think it's made us closer to our family, to our friends, to our business partners, to our community.
1: Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. So you asked me the question, what drives what drives me and being better and family? So my question is, what drives you? Why do you get up in the morning?
0: My goons, my, 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 my family, we call ourselves the goon squad. And I, I don't think I had a, a, a bad upbringing. I think I had a tough upbringing. I think it was tough sometimes. And I'm grateful to everyone that was around me, but I don't want that same thing for my goons, for my goon squad. I don't want that for my wife. My wife works really hard at home and and in the professional world and in her community. And she's earned, and she's helped me get where I am. And she's earned that spot to, to, to be treated the way I treat her and the way I try and build for her. So... Every time I lace my boots, every time I brush my teeth, I make sure that I can always look in the mirror for what I'm doing, but I make sure that everything I My one tattoo right here uh, says all for my goons. It couldn't be more true. And it's right where I can see it. And actually, when I hug my kids, it's where I can see it. And okay. it's so important because for me, it's everything. They've helped me. When I was one of the first people out of all my friends, and I'm kind of the the go-to guy for all my friends, and so as I was, as I had kids first, my friends as they started having kids would come to me, and they'd be like, "Bro, I'm gonna be a dad. What do I do?" And like a lot of us were were single parent homes, so we didn't have dads to go to for advice. We would come to each other. So now they're coming to me for like father figure advice. I, I you know I had that. So so like here's this my friend in front of me going, "What do I do?" Like you you became a dad and it changed you, and it clicked right when he said being a dad didn't change who I was. It just changed what I wanted. And so that all for my goons thing is everything with that. Because when you ask what drives me, it is 1000% them. And I know it's such an easy answer, but it's not an easy thing to, to commit to and maintain. And there's a lot of people that don't hold that to the regard and they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, one of the things that taught me that is I have to pay child support for two of my kids, I have them a lot i have them more than most dads do I, you know and my ex and i are very very we're great co-parents but uh i i hear a lot of people complain about child support it's my favorite bill and i know it's a very personal thing to say but like i i love it it's so part of that responsibility and my commitment to being a father and that all for my wounds mentality it's just yep. one more thing i signed up for
1: man yep Yep, And it's a commitment, right? Showing up and getting it done.
0: Go ahead, make excuses. Child support is just money. I'll make more money. And if I can't, then I failed. Then I didn't put the mask on. You know what I mean? I didn't take care of myself to take care of others. That's my fault. But as long as I'm still above ground and breathing, no, that was something I committed to. and My kids aren't going to do without for it. My goons are not
1: going to do that. I love that, man. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, no doubt. So... One of the things I like to do is ask this question for our, our listeners out there that are listening, if they can take away one thing from you and you can pay it forward to all of our peers, professionals, people in the real estate business, I don't care who they are. What's one thing that you'd like to pay forward?
0: The one thing I try and leave everybody with is, is put community first. Because it's, it is, it is the be all end all in my opinion. And I've never seen it fail, not financially. And and I I understand that everybody's goal is financial freedom, whether they want to admit it or not. And that goes for for any people that take the educational route and for people that take take the hustler route, whatever it is. But try and keep your community first in one way or another. Some people do it through their church. Some people do it through Rotary. Some people just do it through being generous. And some people do it through volunteering. If you can find a way to do that, you can find a group that, that elevates you to that level to be able to do it, please do. And try and grow that. Grow it like you grow your business. And this is advice for anybody uh, on any scale. I, I teach my kids the same thing. I tell them, yeah, we're doing a lemonade stand or a hot cocoa stand. Uh, but try and do that because you'll never see failure from that. It's just going to build trust. And the biggest myth is that everybody's trying to get rich with money. And you're not. You're trading that money for time and trust. And if you kid yourself and think that money will solve all that, you're dead wrong. You just, you do need the money. You are going to need it. But the most important thing is to build that time and trust and you'll never fail.
1: Dickie, I want to be conscious of your time here. Where can people find you if they want to reach out, if they want to talk to you, if they want to look for your book?
0: Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. So You can find me on Facebook. I'm under Dickie Baxter. D-I-C-K-I-E Baxter. I'm hashtag Realtor on Instagram. Uh, You can go to our website, which is licensed to the number 2, sellny.com. Or you can always give me a shout. Text me, call me, 845-494-4715. That's never off. That phone is never off. Seven days a week, 24-7. So text, call, anytime. Facebook message me. Uh, I love to meet new professionals. So please, 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 if you have questions, if you ever question getting coached or being coached, it doesn't matter what area you're in. I have experts all around the country and in a few other countries as well. And I'm happy to help and have somebody guide you.
1: Dickie, thanks for joining me, man. This has been awesome. Ray, Ray, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for
0: sharing as well, brother.
1: Yeah, we'll do this again, dude. Take care. I'm take care. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.